Hey, what's up, guys? It's Rico here, CEO of SourceFind Asia, host of the Main Channel Podcast, and the host of the SourceFind Asia YouTube channel. Of course, back with another one, another episode, another COVID nineteen update. So basically, in this episode, we just wanted to update what's been going on within, you know, our normal orders. Uh, I apologize for any background noise because we just got a a husky puppy and this dude is playing in his cage as quietly as possible. But there might be some background noise. Yeah, so we this one was more about having gone through what we've gone through over the past six weeks. Part of what we'd done is we decided to buy our own products, our own PPE products, uh, and ship them over to the States because I knew that a big part of the issue was trust uh, with certain buyers. Um, you know, they're buying stuff from China for the first time, so they wanted goods to be landed. And that's what we tried to provide. We tried to, you know, to do that simultaneously with working with the brokers and some of the other buyers that have purchased directly from us, um, we figured it would just be a smart move, and also be we can also make it uh, we can make it fair priced if we control sort of the whole supply chain. So we purchased three ply masks and K95 masks, and this is also kind of an SFA first, right? Because we are so used to doing the production and shipping management, this is a situation where we have control over the entire supply chain from. You know the factory all the way down to the, the the purchaser or the sometimes the end consumer but usually we're, we're selling stuff in bulk so and mike is handling all of that stuff in the states so that it was just an interesting conversation to have and just a general update on what's been going on with COVID 19 from a manufacturing standpoint so without further ado enjoy the episode i don't want to be a product of my environment i want my environment to be a product of me. In the previous video that I released, I was talking a lot about the shipping situation. In terms of the products specifically that we've sourced, I mean, we, we looked at every single product that most people are interested in so anything from you know the n95 masks all the way down to ventilators but then we over time over the first week or two we realized that there like for example the ventilators it's just a lot of a lot of problems with that uh, there's a lot of regulations it's actually more strict than most of the other products the n95s there's such limited supply that you know even if you can find a factory that has n95s you're, they're only going to be able to give you 20,000 units uh, a week or whatever. And then typically, if you're not ready to place an order immediately, two days later, that production is full. Um, a lot of fake N95s out there. Uh, so we start stop focusing on that. Um, CPE gowns, the medical gowns, uh, sort of the blue uh, PE foam gowns. That went from 30 cents to you know $4 overnight, which we spoke about. So we stopped focusing on those, even though we actually just started our first uh, CPE medical gown order. And so anyways, we kind of narrowed it down to consistently KN95s, three plies, face shields, gloves, even though the gloves are also kind of a crazy, <laughs> crazy situation. Yeah. Um, that can continue moving forward. Yeah. So volatile. Prices can change from morning to morning until that to afternoon. And then with the shipping rates being what they are, it's like shipping is costing significantly more than the actual product. 
if you're shipping by air, of course, the, the only only real move at this point is to load up a container and ship an entire container or load up a plane and send off an entire plane. Yeah. To be, to be effective in pricing. So yeah, those are the sort of the main products that we focused on and, and we've worked with now buyers in Ireland uh, or Europe as a whole, so Ireland, Denmark, the US. I think that's pretty much it, right? Like we've had a lot of inquiries from South America. We've had inquiries from Australia. We're doing the France order. Oh yeah, France. That was the one country I was missing. So yeah, basically Europe and the States. We've had inquiries from everywhere. Brazil, uh, Chile, Mexico. Yeah. Yeah, Australia, like uh, even other parts of Asia. But yeah, the ones that have materialized over the last five weeks have been, have been the States and Europe. Um, and it's been interesting just learning, like we focused so much on FDA and, and the requirements of the US. It's been interesting seeing the requirements in Europe because it's like Europe is, at least the uh, EU has their own generalized standards, but then every single country has its own specific standards, which is extremely difficult to find factories for because one, I mean, there was like five testing facilities in China that basically um, the EU said or CE said those are not regarded as CE certificates anymore. <laughs> you know, and that was just since end of March. Yeah. Anything March 20 beyond, you know, these few companies, nothing is going to be valid. Yeah, so I mean that took that's like eighty percent of the factories out there. Like, and some of the factories we're talking about are some of the most reputable factories in this industry. Like, these are factories that are you know we're working with closely, like, and they're listed on the EUA uh, list, the CDC EUA list, and then we've been to their facilities, and they're hundred percent legitimate, but can't export to Europe anymore. It's like, yeah, I don't know, good down to the T, but you don't have this one document. Yeah, and there's one spe specific thing you call for nothing. It's not so I was saying this. I was like, I feel like the EU is basically going through what the states was going through, like in terms of regula regulation, like a month and a half ago, where they have these very specific. Well, actually, they were they were more loose, and then they've gotten more strict, and then they're going to have to come up with some sort of custom situation custom regulation for this particular situation otherwise they're just not going to be able to get goods you know they're yeah. going to have such a limited supply of, of, of product so I, I don't know how long that takes because uh, the other aspect of this is it's one aspect that you know a lot of the factories got uh, their c certificates invalid or made invalid but the other aspect is that the testing facilities that are accepted which i think is uh, tuv sgs and sungo like they're either backed up or they have limited like employees because of obviously well, because of the coronavirus situation, the COVID-19 situation, they can't, they're not operating at the same capacity that they would be normally. So it takes, I was talking to one factory that recently got their TUV certification for a three flight and uh, Imogen was, was talking to me and I just asked them, I was like, how, what was their process? Cause they actually got it recently. It was like two weeks ago or something. And they said they had like a, a partner in Europe, like a, an agent, a sourcing agent in Europe that helped them do it. But I asked how long does it take? They said probably one to two to three months now. 
So most factories are just looking at it like, look, like we're getting millions of orders from other countries. Like we, I don't, I, I don't want to go through that whole situation and like try to find somebody in Europe to help speed up the process. And, and like most factories are just like, hey, you know what, like take it or leave it. Yeah, they're getting their orders from everywhere. Yeah. And if you got to look three months out, I mean, if you're, if this is your business and you just want to see it into the future, you might begin that process, but yeah, you're not going to put all efforts into streamlining it when you have enough orders to fill your capacity as is. Yep. So it's going to be interesting to see how that works. I mean, we are definitely putting a little bit more emphasis into trying to locate those few factories. And I think we found one or two options, but then it's like you get a new inquiry, like um, our buddy Alan uh, sent us that, that long uh, WhatsApp message. And that's just like a whole other set of certifications that we have to look for. And there's probably only a handful of factories that would match that. So it's like we'd have to spend the next two, three days trying to find that specific supplier, the, the su- a suitable supplier for that sort of certificate without the promise of an order. You know, like it's like how much time do we spend on that, you know, searching for a factory for that specific thing, you know? That's something that we've been dealing with all month. It's just like, okay, somebody comes to us with this. What looks to be a massive opportunity, you know, X number thousand, X number million of a certain product, but eyeing that up and thinking, okay, you know, we have to do a lot of work in order. You know, I think a lot of people in this situation, they're just getting a reference or they go on to Alibaba. You know, I don't know how a lot of people would handle this situation, but you know, we, we have a long vetting process that we go through to make sure that a factory is legit and we want to work with them and we're comfortable. Yeah. Getting, you know, a multi-million unit inquiry today for whatever it is, a, a, a cotton swab for, you know, a swab for the mouth or one of the, the no touch thermometers or whatever that product may be. Yeah, it's a, okay, great big opportunity, but we have to do a lot of work. And also with things changing day to day, it's not just about the work to find that factory. It's all, uh, also about maintaining communication with those factories to be informed of the changes that are happening in their costs and their production line, uh, what they're seeing from a shipping perspective. So I think after about a week or two of doing this, we were like, I, I don't think we can just never stop answering inquiries. It's just not, it's just not feasible. So we kind of honed in on a couple of products. Hone, focused on a couple of products. Yeah. A couple of products and, and, you know, not that we're turning people away, but we kind of focused in on the core people that we're working with who at least acknowledge what we're telling them. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, you know, I just, I think the way I, I gauge it is like how much work is involved and, and how much are they willing to do themselves? Uh, you know, so if, if we're talking about having to search two, three days for an, a factory with a certain type of certification and we don't really know even what the order quantity is going to be, I, I don't know if I necessarily want to do that, but you know, if it's something where it's a product that we're already actively sourcing and we can literally just reference because we're also working with some local trading companies because, you know, they have 
connections to factories that are not online, you know, factories that are, because a lot of these factories are new, right? They're new to the industry, but they're, they're qualified to export. They're just new to it. Um, so being able to reference somebody and say, hey, do you have a factory for this certification? And if it's a yes or no thing, okay. Uh, or they might take a couple of days and come back to us with something. That's easy. But, you know, if we're going to have our team who is actively managing productions, actively managing shipping, actively managing QC, you know, on top of that, people forget we, like, we still have our internal, like our normal SFA projects that, we're, we're managing and a lot of those like in the last week I just paid for three different molds we're going to be going into productions for three other smaller projects but you know these are long-term customers that we've been working with for six months a year ODM projects that require a lot of back and forth and design discussions and iterations of samples so it's like taking away the focus from those things to spend two three days on a potential order it's just I, I don't think we can do that these days yeah. talk because you've been dealing with it the last couple of days I think we're beginning to sort of get a better handle on the custom situation in the US can you, can you kind of break down what your experience is yeah so a lot of our shipments are just getting into the states um, if you're asking customs from a US perspective I feel like every country is going to have different standards but you know pretty much anything that comes in to the states, they're requiring a tax ID and seven percent tax on the on the invoice amount coming in. So they said that there were previously before COVID, not that long. It was during the, the the new administration here in the states, but you know tariffs against Chinese products. But they waived those tariffs because of everything that's happening. But yeah, they're still taxing seven percent on anything and. You know, sometimes you deal with certain shipping companies or DHL. I feel like they might send. Yeah, wasn't them. wasn't it supposed to be thirteen percent? Like, because when you checked the HS code on all these products, like it was thirteen percent. That's what I was expecting. So seven, yeah. So we're at seven, but I feel like in the past, sometimes I get hit with certain bills, and they'll they'll let the goods through, and then you know you'll get a bill for it. Whereas now it's just like not much is getting through at all. Everything's being taxed. A lot of nervousness and worry from people about stuff that's coming in, who the importer is, is the, is the importer FDA licensed for medical equipment? Is it not being coming in for medical equipment? I said on the, the call with Imogen that we did earlier that people have been telling me the U.S. side has been stalled and running really slow as well because... The companies, uh, they're not operating at full, full tilt. A lot of the employees here in the States don't want to go to work or, you know, they're demanding additional insurance and hazard pay or they're just deciding to not take the risk and go to work. So, you know, it's been a lot harder to move shipments. Things are getting stalled up here. I definitely think the bigger issues on the China side you know, just because there's so much volume and the constant changes to the, to what is an acceptable good, what's an acceptable factory and how those factories need to package the items in order to, to get out of the country along with the pile up at the, at the ports, along with the pile up in the carriers warehouses. It's been 
yeah, I know you said you talked about it, but it's been nuts, man. The past, I mean, we started getting prepared for these orders probably April 10th. It's April 29th today, which, man, that seems like longer than 19 days, doesn't it? Doesn't it? it seems like we've been doing this for months on end. Yeah, no months. Well, on top of that being in, in full lockdown, you know, I feel like I've yeah. been locked down for like a year or something. But <laughs> but it's been it's been a real challenge. It's been frustrating. You know, you kind of never know if the decision you're making is the best decision just because of the constantly changing environment. You're dealing with people, you know, customers and their customers who are getting frustrated and, you know, I don't think uh, I don't think Imogen just messaged something about shipping I think I have to reply immediately so that's what I'm looking down we have a certain kind of customer that 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 we deal with normally and we're dealing with a lot of people who are kind of out of our uh, normal network so just dealing with Americans in general it's another part of the process uh, that's been interesting or at least I shouldn't say so much Americans, but just people who um, maybe don't fully understand the sourcing process to start and how things work. And then on top of that, having to come back to them and telling them shipping rates are double, triple, sometimes more than triple the cost of what we would normally pay. That goods are, you know, we're handing something off to FedEx and nine days later, we're not seeing any update on that shipment. You know, we still don't have a live tracking. I mean, usually shipments kind of get into the state in like four to seven days. Yeah. Well, at least you get tracking, you know, within 24 hours of them picking up their goods, right? Some activity within 48, 72 hours, almost 99 times out of a hundred. And now we have all kinds of shipments that have, no movement. We have no indication what's going on. It's stressful. Just to give some perspective on, on what Mike is talking about, like we, when this stuff all happened and it was taking a while to, to get, uh, you know, buyers to, I guess, trust us. We decided we're like, man, I think we should just buy our own goods, uh, at least on a small scale and, and ship them out to the state. So we kind of put together a small group of investors friends and business partners and we all put in our own money and bought some K95s and some three plies and specifically the three ply masks which were shipping out of northern China Zhejiang province we submitted some of those shipments like two weeks ago or ten days ago and up to now <laughs> they haven't they haven't left China and they were just basically sitting in the UPS's warehouse and the UPS is like yeah we'll get to it soon but you know they can't like they just have so much other stuff going on so many other shipments happening that like it's just taking a long time for them to literally just process the orders like the stuff is just in the warehouses so yeah i mean trying to translate that because it's not even like we can and then if we're talking about clients in the same situation it's not like we can physically show them any documentation to say yeah, here are your goods in the UPS warehouse and they will be shipping out in X amount of time. Like, we just don't know. We don't know if it's going to be tomorrow. We don't know if it's going to be five days from now. Like, um, that's been the, the, the one of the toughest situations with, with regards to that. But the, the good news is in terms of the investment group, like we have now products on the ground, right? We have we have K95s on the ground. We have three plies on the ground. We have more three plies coming. 
more K95s. I think the, the you know, with more K95s by the end of this week or early next week. Um, K95s, nitro gloves, fruit flies, and uh, patients. Yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, the the K95s are the ones that we have there from the factory, from the EUA, EUA list as well. So, the, you know, customers have been smooth with that. Um, did a ton of QC on those. We are working with the factory very closely. Mike, you you have most of the goods in your in your location, right? Yeah, most. Yeah, or the ones that have arrived at least going through the customs process. So, how like what is the average cost of shipping within the states? Like, if I was shipping from Chicago to LA, for example, Chicago to Denver. Which would be one of the. Depends on how many you're shipping. Um, the ground rates are a lot. I mean, I feel like one of those big boxes can be like 150 bucks. Yeah. If you sent 1,000 KN95s, that would be like 150 bucks. I was checking rates on UPS today. But, you know, there's, there's other methods to ship out. I'm sure I could go to USPS and get a lower shipment at a lower rate. But yeah, usually we don't do too much uh, U.S. domestic shipping, and if we do, it's through a fulfillment center, and we're kind of hands off with it. Yeah, I mean, usually we're not selling the the, the product directly to, to to buyers in that sense. Um, but you know, so it's a first time for us. But it, I think it's exciting. Also, we know that our the products that we're bringing in are, are legit and fully fully vetted. So it's it's nice to be sort of in control of the whole process from the manufacturing side to the shipping side to the sales side being uh, you know directly directly uh, involved with everything. So it'll be interesting to see how that how that goes with the investment stuff. Like you know we have short term plans and long term plans. Like we, I think that with the climate, this is not going to go away anytime soon. But obviously the market will adjust and evolve and. You know, you're probably not going to be making the same margins. The demand might be a little bit slower, but I think if you can show people like what we are trying to do is show people that our products are really good and we're reasonably priced, um, you know, you become a trusted vendor. Yeah. All right. Uh, is there anything else you wanted to, to, to touch on? No, I'm good for now. Maybe uh, maybe next podcast we can switch money and money. Yeah, sure. Actually, uh, one last thing I wanted to mention about the whole customs process in China, it just uh, jumped into my brain, was like, specifically with the France order that we're, we're involved in, we're not directly managing this this production, but we facilitated the, the deal with the factory. So we help with communication, we help, we consult a little bit. It's a pretty large order, you know, uh, the initial contract is for roughly 12 million units, but could could be more. Could be less depending on how, how these shipments go. Um, like, you know, the first batch of, of, of three plies, which was roughly 500,000, you know, they got shipped to southern China and then all of a sudden customs had a new requirement. So those goods had to be repackaged, or at least there was a slip that had to be put into the boxes. So you can imagine the factory shipped the goods out from, you know, uh, north to south, which was probably not very, it was not cheap. And then they had to then send 
the slip and then it had to be packaged in southern china so like just they're incurring so many expenses when it comes to that and that's happening frequently like the next batch the same thing happened like we they were about to ship them out and you know customs in the same day said hey there's a new uh packaging requirement uh qc slip that needs to be put in and it's like thirty thousand packages being you know repackaged like so that's kind of what we're dealing with with the chinese customs and I mean, the article that I read was basically, you know, the the government, the Chinese government saying they're trying to strike a balance between not limiting legitimate factories from exporting, but also trying to make sure that the, you know, the fake factories or the factories that are selling goods that are not certified can't export. So it's the essential thing is like nobody really knows how to handle these situations, but hopefully it stabilizes over over the next you know couple of weeks to a month. Only continued to get more and more weird and expensive. So I sure hope. So. All right, guys. Uh, it's us signing off. If you want to reach out to us, that's uh, I guess for inquiries. You can check the link in the description below. But slash contact us. Uh, I think my email address is also there. Rico at sourcefinancial.com. Michael at sourcefinancial.com. And for you know the the youtube channel of course like comment share subscribe 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 and we will keep you updated on these uh covid 19 medical supplies Cheers. Finesse down Western Road, hey, next. Might go down to GOD, yeah, wait. I go hard on Southside G, yeah, wait. I make sure that Northside E. And still, bad things.